Hi there, welcome. I'm Tyler, and this is the first episode in a new podcast series where I'm going to be taking a look at some virtual reality apps and games and experiences, coming at it all from a perspective of virtual reality experience design. I think right now with VR, a lot of the conversation tends to focus on things like graphics and tech specs and which system has which features. And while those things matter, and I do plan on touching on those things, what really interests me and what I'm really passionate about and the place that I'd like to turn the conversation to is more about the actual design of these VR experiences themselves. How do we design the best virtual reality experiences possible? How do we make these really immersive? How do we make them comfortable for people? What are the best ways to do things in VR? What are new ways we can do things in VR? And how do we push VR forward as a medium? A bit on my background, I live in Silicon Valley and I've worked in the marketing and advertising world for a few years now. I've had the pleasure of working with some of the most talented graphic designers, UX designers, strategists, creative technologists, developers, and so on in their respective fields. I also have a bit of a background in graphic design. I've done a little bit of front-end coding, a tiny bit of game development, some video editing and production work, and I hold a degree in psychology. So I think I'm pretty uniquely well-positioned to comment on virtual reality experience design, especially in VR, understanding things like human psychology and human-computer interaction become really important. I'm one of those people who has always been really excited and hopeful about the promise of VR. The first time around in the late 80s, early 90s, when VR was poised to become this big thing, you started seeing these huge bulky VR headsets and arcades. There were a couple consumer products that came out. You started seeing uh, stories about VR in the mainstream media, uh, but it never panned out. And that was because the technology just wasn't there yet. A couple of years ago, I believe it was 2013, when the Oculus Rift Developer Kit 1 came out, I was, like many people who had been burned by VR before, skeptical. But once I got my hands on it and I tried it, it was immediately apparent to me that this was the real deal. And we are, in fact, only a few years away from having real virtual reality, the kind that sci-fi fans have always dreamed of. And it was immediately apparent to me that this is far and away the most important technology to come along so far in my lifetime. I firmly believe that VR has the potential to be one of the most impactful technologies ever to exist on par with something like computers or the internet or smartphones. I think it could be even bigger. And so I'm really passionate about figuring out how do we use this new medium to do new and interesting things? How do we figure out the language of this medium and new great ways to use it? How can we impact people's lives in positive ways with this technology? And, um, you know, even from just an entertainment perspective, how do we, you know, how do we create these experiences and what's the best way to do it? I find that all really fascinating. The audience for this podcast is really anyone who might be interested in virtual reality. I'm going to be coming at it from a user experience perspective, so I imagine and I hope that a big part of this audience will be people who are designing or developing VR experiences or thinking about doing it. That said, I'm going to approach everything, terminology and um, concepts, in a way that hopefully anybody who's interested in VR and kind of has a basic understanding of what it is and is interested in learning more is going to be able to listen in and understand what's going on. I'm going to touch on things like what technology is out there and how it works and how it feels, 
sort of the, the state of the industry, what kind of content is out there and what's coming. So my hope is that this is going to be something that's useful for the VR community at large, and that's definitely the intent behind it. Today I'm going to look at two of the sort of flagship titles in the Oculus Rift launch lineup. One is called Lucky's Tale, the other is called The Climb. These are two games that are pretty different, but I think they have some interesting similarities and some interesting differences, and I think they make kind of a cool, interesting little pairing to uh, put next to each other and examine together for this first episode. So first I'm going to talk about Lucky's Tale, and then we'll get into the climb. Lucky's Tale is a third-person cartoon platformer game, and in this you're kind of running around, smashing enemies, collecting coins, looking for secrets. It's a pretty standard uh, cartoon platformer type of game. This was created by an indie studio called Playful, a third-party studio, but it was actually funded by Oculus, and they've included it as a pack-in title for their Oculus Rift headset, so everyone who buys the Oculus Rift gets this as a free download. Now, as a bit of background, and I guess in the interest of full disclosure, I first had a decent chunk of time with this game about a year ago, maybe two years ago at this point, at a GDC party. I met some folks from the Playful team. They were super friendly and really passionate about VR and really excited to show off Lucky's Tale. Even back then, I was really impressed by the level of polish that was present in Lucky's Tale, so I'm not at all surprised that the final title feels so refined, and it really does. I find it interesting that Oculus included this as a packing title with the Oculus Rift. I imagine what happened is someone at Oculus, maybe Jason Rubin, who's in charge of their software lineup, saw this indie studio creating this really solid third-person platformer title, had a nice budget to fund some launch titles after Facebook acquired Oculus, and this seemed like a no-brainer. Jason Rubin is a veteran of the games industry, and he came to Oculus after being at Naughty Dog, which was a development studio probably most well-known for creating the Crash Bandicoot series. And Lucky's Tale definitely looks and feels like a Crash Bandicoot knockoff, so that all kind of makes sense. Including Lucky's Tale as a pack-in title for the Oculus Rift invites comparisons to previous console launches, I think. Mario for the Nintendo Entertainment System, or say Crash Bandicoot for the PlayStation. A lot of these consoles launched with a platformer type game, either as a pack-in title or as sort of a featured part of the launch lineup. I think maybe what Oculus is doing here is maybe trying to evoke memories of those past console launches or draw a parallel or kind of invite that comparison. It's as if to say, we know this new VR tech is expensive and maybe a bit goofy looking or maybe a bit scary but look it's the fun cartoon platformer character packed in um, just like when you bought your Nintendo back in the day and on one hand I think that's a smart move on the other hand I feel like maybe it goes a little too far to suggest that gaming is Oculus's sole focus for the first generation hardware that makes sense gaming is where it all has to start for VR that's how you have to package it and sell it and certainly gaming is going to be a huge focus. But Oculus has publicly said plenty of times that they believe VR is much bigger than gaming. Obviously that's true. Obviously they believe it. So I think I just maybe would have liked to see some other non-gaming titles being pushed as much as Lucky's Tale around the launch. But I think it's pretty clear how this ended up as a packing title and why Oculus would want everyone who buys the Oculus Rift to have a solid 
familiar gaming experience right out of the box. And that's exactly what this title delivers. The thing that really stands out about Lucky's Tale is the fantastic third-person camera system. I think that's the big headline or the big takeaway with Lucky's Tale. It's the triumph of this really well-designed, really well-implemented third-person camera. When you're playing Lucky's Tale, the way it works is that you're not seeing the world from the first-person perspective of Lucky. You are behind him and above him a little bit, floating along behind him as he moves. And so you're slightly high up, kind of at a maybe a tiny bit of a godlike perspective, looking down on him and on everything. And the camera works so well. They did such a great job with it. It glides along slowly, and it's comfortable, and it does a great job of not really getting stuck behind objects and signs or getting stuck in level geometry. And that's that's really what you ask of a third-person camera, is to, to not have to fight with it. So they did a great job with that here. The level design is really well done, and it does a great job to accommodate the camera. In terms of the art direction and just other aspects of the level design, I feel like the level design is a bit repetitive. There are a lot of reused assets and a lot of levels that are minor variations of previous ones. In terms of the art direction overall in general, it's really well done from a technical perspective. It looks great, it's very colorful, but it's a bit uninspired. Really, it looks like it could have been pulled from any generic third-party platformer game. So while it's technically well done, just like the level design, just like everything else, um, it's not terribly exciting. Lucky's another example. He's cute, he's well animated, he's got big eyes, he's expressive, he's fun, he checks all the boxes. But there's just nothing particularly unique or interesting about him or his personality that makes me have an affinity for Lucky or this world, really. That's something I really would have liked to see here. Lucky's Tale is a game that, if it weren't in VR, I don't think it's something I would ever really consider or be excited about checking out. And that's because while it does a lot of things really well and it does have this standout camera system, everything else is just sort of uh, hitting all the marks and checking all the boxes. It's not really going above and beyond or bringing anything particularly unique to the table. And I think being in VR inherently elevates this game a bit. A lot of the more generic or standard elements become a little more exciting and a little more magical just because it's in VR. And on that note, why does this game work in VR or why does it not work in VR? One thing I really like is um, encountering some standard, familiar platformer tropes now in 3D in VR. So as an example, let's talk about underground levels. You've played a million platformer games in, say, Mario, where you go underground for a brief aside from the main level and then come back up. Here in Lucky's Tale, when you're underground, you can look to your left and your right and behind you, and it's just all darkness. The sound, the sound effects, the character's voice, it's all echoing like you're in a cave. And um, in front of you, left to right, you're seeing the 3D level that the character is moving through. And so it just really immerses you and it feels fun. And you've played those levels, those underground levels a million times, but now sort of really feeling like you're there and feeling like you're underground. It's really cool and it's a little bit magical. There are a lot of moments like that in Lucky's Tale where you're encountering what I would call a familiar platformer trope. But in VR, it's, it feels a little new and exciting. But overall, I have to say the gameplay is pretty generic and it's hard to get too excited about it, at least for me, because platformers aren't really my cup of tea. If you're into platformers, though, Lucky's Tale is probably right up your alley. It checks all the boxes and does it pretty competently. But if you're not into platformers and you're not really interested in seeing some of these familiar tropes explored in VR, 
I don't know that there's much to recommend about Lucky's Tale. It pains me a little bit to make it sound like I, I didn't love Lucky's Tale because it's a really solid game across the board in a lot of aspects. Clearly a lot of love went into it. Uh, there's so much detail in the animation and the art direction and the design. The level design's great. It accommodates the camera really well. As I mentioned, the camera is just fantastic. Lots of nice little details, little flourishes. Even the performance of the game from a technical perspective, it runs rock solid and buttery smooth on the Oculus recommended spec and it looks great. So it's doing a lot of things right, but it's doing them just well enough to get by. The playful team is clearly a talented group of people, and I would love to see what these guys come up with if they really let their imaginations loose. Thinking about things like more interesting level design, maybe coming up with some gameplay mechanics that could only be done in VR, that's the kind of stuff I'd love to see from this team. They set such a great baseline standard here across the board with everything, and then especially the camera, that there's a lot of room to go further and I think that they're well positioned to go a lot further because they're clearly talented, they clearly have some great ideas, they clearly can put out something with a lot of polish. I'd love to see them really just dig in and maybe do something unique in VR or if they do a sequel to this just really run with it and take it to the next level. As I mentioned earlier, this game is available for free for Oculus Rift owners right now on the Oculus Store, so if it seems like something that might interest you, why not check it out? If you're not into platformers, I think it's a bit hard to recommend. And that wraps up my thoughts on Lucky's Tale, so now let's switch over and talk about The Climb by Crytek. The Climb is, to me, a really intriguing title, especially this early in the existence of consumer VR. If you look at it in the context of some of the other launch titles in the Oculus Rift launch lineup, this one seems maybe a little uh, quirky or ambitious, and I kind of like that. So the premise for The Climb is that you are a rock climber, and it's from a first-person perspective. So you're spending a lot of time staring at rock faces up in the mountains. But uh, you are up in the mountains, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And you can look around to your left and to your right and up and down and even turn around and look behind you. And it's uh, just beautiful environments, very realistic, great lighting, great vegetation. That's something this team, the Crytek team, is known for, is their beautiful art direction and their game engine, CryEngine that does these really beautiful outdoor environments, just lush detail, and that's absolutely on display here. It looks great. The way the gameplay works is that your body is basically stationary and you're using the Xbox controller left and right triggers to control your left and right hands, respectively. And there are a couple other buttons that do a couple other things. There's this mechanic where you can like chalk your hands to make your stamina last longer. But really the way the game works is you're just looking around for places to put your hands and then you're sort of taking a moment to strategize and think which hand am I going to use and then after I make that move how am I going to reach the next place I need to go. Each hand has a stamina meter so as soon as you take one of your hands off the rock face that stamina on that hand begins to go down. It's kind of a game of uh, figuring out what you're going to do, taking a moment to formulate your strategy and then executing on it and then figuring out what you're going to do next and executing on it and if you make a mistake sort of figuring out on the fly how you're going to recover from that and if you don't you might be falling off the side of a mountain. The thing that I really, really love about the climb is just the level of polish in the user interface and the user experience in general. I'm going to give a couple of examples here. They're relatively minor and relatively silly, but I think they're great examples of just little details that Crytek does really well that I'd love to see other developers do. So if you take the headset off in the climb, it pauses the game for you. That's a pretty standard behavior with a lot of these VR apps and experiences. But something Crytek does to go a little above and beyond 
is uh, when you take that headset off on the 2D screen that's plugged into the VR computer, you're then able to see some icons that are showing sort of the status of the system. It shows that it sees you took your headset off and it's paused the game for you. It lets you know that the sensor's plugged in and it's working. It lets you know that the controller is connected and it's working. Just a little flourish. It's a nice little touch. And um, I love little pieces of polish like that. Crytek does it really well. Something that they're known for and they're bringing it into VR now. I love that. I would love to see other developers do those kinds of things. Another good example of Crytek's smart UX thinking is when something that is called clipping occurs in the game. Clipping is when your head goes through an object that it shouldn't be able to in the game world. And usually when this happens with a lot of games and apps, you're able to sort of see inside the object, and it's weird because you shouldn't be able to see inside the object, and so there's nothing for you really to see except it looks like kind of an inside-out object, and it just sort of looks broken. What Crytek does here is when your head goes through the wall, it pauses the game, and a message is displayed in front of you, essentially saying, we noticed your head went through the wall, and if you want to keep playing the game, you might want to move it. Um, it's kind of a simple, clever, unobtrusive way of dealing with that problem that's bound to happen. It's just kind of part of the VR experience right now. Sometimes collision detection isn't great, or positional tracking gets off, or, you know, it just happens. And so planning for that and coming up with a smart way to deal with it is something that Crytek did here. I would love to see other developers do that type of thing too. Another similar issue I want to touch on, and this is not exclusive to the climb by any means. This is something that's just sort of part of the VR experience right now. And uh, I'm just going to use the climb as an example, though. Sometimes the positional tracking can get off a little bit. And what that means is, like, um, say you're sitting down and you get up to go get a drink and then you come sit back down. If you don't sit in the exact same spot, you could be a little bit off in the game world, meaning maybe you're a little too tall or you're a little too short or a little too far off to the left or the right. It feels like your head's not in the right spot. It's not terribly difficult to go into the Oculus Overlay, their software that sort of runs under everything, and just reset the positional tracking. It takes just a second. But it's annoying to have to do it, and it doesn't always work perfectly. And so what that means is um, you have weird experiences where maybe um, you're just a little off and it's frustrating, and you have to spend a minute resetting it. Or sometimes you can even like break the game, and that's an example that I want to touch on right now. At one point in the climb, I think I moved from the chair to the couch because I wanted to get more comfortable, and I reset the positional tracking, but something was still a little off. And what I was able to do essentially is break the game. So in the game, I was supposed to take a couple minutes scaling up to the right on this ledge, this rock face, and then figuring out where, the, where to climb, go back up left. And So it was supposed to take me a few minutes. I was supposed to go a certain way. But what I was able to do because the positional tracking was off was sort of stand up out of my chair, jump up in the air, and grab a ledge that was maybe in, in the game world 20 feet above me, which I should not have been able to do. So issues like those, I would really love to see developers take a little more time to plan for those things and accommodate for them. It's just part of the experience right now. The positional tracking isn't perfect, and you could have someone like me who's being mischievous and trying to break it to see how far they can push the game or push the system. But it's not exactly rare or very difficult for that to happen by accident either. And so I think planning for those things, knowing that they're going to happen, and then just finding a clever way to deal with them is something that goes a long way toward making the game feel more polished overall. And, you know, with something like that, I don't think it would be terribly difficult to just add some extra bounding boxes or, or, or some better collision detection, something that will um, 
something that will show that you thought about that and uh, make the user feel like they're in good hands and they were taken care of. Another thing I really, really love about the climb is how well the control system works. You see something like the climb and you think, how is this game going to work in VR? How are you going to control your hands? You think maybe motion controllers would be good for this game because then you have the one-to-one -one action with your hands in the real world and the virtual world. Or you think maybe something with a pass-through camera like Leap Motion would be good because then you can see your actual hands and maybe make cupping motions and, and really feel like you're rock climbing. The Xbox controller, at least on the surface, kind of looks like the last thing that would work. But it actually works really, really well here, and they did a great job with that. The left trigger to control your left hand, right trigger to control your right hand. You're just looking for a spot to put your hand. It's usually pretty clear where those spots are. So all you have to do is just sort of strategize what you're going to do next. It works so well, and I was really pleasantly surprised to find that. Because it's so simple and it works so well, it does a great job of just getting out of your way and letting you enjoy the experience, and I love that. Crytek did such a great job with that. Overall, this game is just top-notch in many respects. The production values are just off the charts. It's got beautiful art direction, beautiful sound design. You're hanging off the side of these mountains and these tropical environments and these snowy environments and looking off into the distance, just beautiful detail far out in the distance. Beautiful vegetation up close. Um, it's so easy to just lose yourself and get immersed. And you really get that sense of height and the sense of scale. It's just fantastic. So if this looks like something that's interested to you and you think you've got the stomach for it, it is a little maybe more of an advanced VR experience, I say definitely try it. If you're afraid of heights, um, this is definitely going to get to you when you fall off the side of the mountain so you miss your jump or you run out of stamina that can make your stomach churn a bit it can be a bit nausea inducing I think this is rated as such in the oculus store it's rated as like a moderate or advanced VR experience but wow if you're up for it and it looks like something you're interested in I would absolutely say check it out so now I want to bring it full circle and talk about why I'm holding up Lucky's tail and the climb next to each other and kind of looking at them side by side. They're both games that only work in VR, but they both only work in VR for different reasons. Lucky's tail is a game that if you take the VR aspects out, you see it for what it is, and that's a very generic standard platformer game. Putting it in VR inherently elevates it and makes a lot of the more generic and average aspects of it feel a bit bigger than they are and it makes the overall experience feel like something a bit more than it is. To me, that's the wrong reason to put something in VR. If you take the climb and you pull the VR aspects out of that, you still have an interesting concept, but the execution becomes pretty boring, I think. Playing that game on a 2D screen without having the sense of being up high in the mountains and the scale and the depth and that sense of immersion, it just wouldn't be much fun. You'd be staring at a rock wall most of the time and it'd be on a 2D screen. So putting the climb in VR makes sense because it's leveraging the unique aspects of VR, that sense of presence, that sense of immersion, that feeling of being up high that only VR can do. And that's the right reason to put something in VR. It's not the only reason, it's not even maybe the best reason, but it's a much better reason than just putting something in VR and letting the fact that it's in VR elevate it a bit and make it feel like something more than it is. I think these games probably started from two completely different places. I imagine the brief for Lucky's Tale read something like, make a really solid third-person platformer in VR, and that's exactly what it is. 
I imagine the climb started from some interesting idea somebody had and they thought maybe this would work in VR, and it turns out it does. Those are the kind of ideas that I would like to see pursued in VR. I'm not necessarily against taking existing genres or existing gameplay mechanics and putting them in VR and then playing with them from there and just seeing if they work, but it's a lot less exciting to me than coming up with something that only works in VR or that clearly works in VR for the right reasons. I'm going to end there for today. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I would love to hear from you and get your feedback about what's working, what's not working, what I could be doing better, what I could be doing differently, the kinds of titles you want me to look at, the kinds of topics you want me to focus on. Any kind of feedback would be greatly appreciated because I do want this to be beneficial for the VR community at large. Thanks again for listening.